0: From the heart of Race City, USA, Mooresville, North Carolina. Welcome to Dump the Clutch, presented by Port City Race Cars. Here is your host, Brad Zimmerman. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Not a problem. I'm <laughs> here every day. <laughs> okay, so um, real quick, uh, uh, how old is Port City Race Cars, and when did you purchase it?
1: Oh goodness how old is it um, I think it got started in 71 or 74 yep uh, we purchased it in late November of well early November of 2018
0: 18 and um, so uh, right now it's the end of February how long have you been going to speed weeks for
1: oh on a regular basis since probably 1996.
0: Oh wow, okay. So, uh, we just finished up Speed Weeks. So, uh, what is the 100,000 foot level of what you saw down there? Uh, how many cars you had going? What, how many races? Like what, just give us a summary of what that was like.
1: Um, Well, the minute I walked in, because I wasn't there for the Thursday night practice and Friday and Saturday night race, I never showed yep. up till. Sunday. So the minute I walked in, I was blown away by the amount of cars I saw there compared to years past. Yeah. So I haven't. I say I've been going since 1996, but since we purchased Port City, yep. Um, I haven't. I've been in the shop. I haven't been able to go. This is the first year I've gone since since 2000. And, uh, 2018, I think. Okay. So, and, okay. when I walked in, I was amazed at the amount of race cars that were there.
0: Okay, so that was going to be my next question, is uh, how, uh, d- discuss how vibrant it was down there with the amount of cars, the amount of people, spectators.
1: Yeah, it was... Um, short track racing is alive and well. Like, when you see that, the amount um, of tour modifieds ahead, holy crap. Like... They sent people home every night for 35 lap races. Oh, really? Like it was, it was a good field of cars. Yeah. Um, I think every pro late mall race had uh, 26 plus cars in it. Um, it was, it was a good field of cars and yep. competitive.
0: And um, <clears throat> so, Port City Race Cars released a new, quote unquote, new car. The fate <clears throat> excuse me, the phase two car. Correct. So that came out. That hit the track late last year. Correct. And um, we came out and kind of told the public uh, in January of this year that it's out. Um, So we had a few drivers uh, driving those cars down at Speed Weeks. Uh, Tell me how their weekend went and kind of what that looked like.
1: Yeah, so we had Bubba uh, down there in a Super, Brian Priest down there in a Super, um, Mike Hopkins in a Pro. Uh, a pro late model, and none of them were running ever planning on running the whole week. Originally, Bubba and Ryan were only going to run the 200 lappers, uh, so would have been Monday and Saturday. Um, they both decided to run a little bit more than that. Yep. Um, we had issues, we set fast time with Bubba on Sunday night, uh, blew a motor up, so we missed a 100 lapper Monday night, got a motor back in it Tuesday, had brake issues. Starting the race on Tuesday and got those sorted out, and then it was smooth sailing for the rest of the week. Uh, never got any wins. Um, a couple more poles with Bubba. Yep. Uh, a couple of podiums. Same with Ryan. I think Ryan ran three nights, maybe four nights. He ran the 200 lappers and maybe two other 35-lap races. Yep. No, I think only one other. He finished second i don't know where he finished in the first 100 lap or i can't remember might have pulled off with issues
0: i i haven't seen well i i, I should rephrase that i haven't i haven't remembered all the results but uh, i think with the exception of blown motors i think that car is average probably about a 2.5 finish if i remember yeah
1: they, they did well like i said no no wins um in either division with the new car we did get a uh, Win in the pro late model division with another customer yep. uh, Brian Kruzak a new customer of ours so they were pretty jacked up so that was good to see yep. Um the, the biggest takeaway that I got from from there was uh, how aero-sensitive it was over you know a lifetime of going down there um, and how obvious it was that that it was aero-sensitive um, case in point, you know, the night Bubba had brake issues, we got it sorted out and put them to the back of the field, just run laps, like, so we were on the opposite side of the racetrack as the rest of the field, and we could pace a tenth and a half quicker than the leaders were running, Um, but the following night with that same car, wherever we started, eighth or sixth or somewhere in dirty air, you just, you couldn't go, you didn't have that tenth and a half. Yeah, um, and then you go back to practice when you're in clean air the next day and you've got that, that speed again and so I thought I saw that Tuesday and Wednesday and then we raced the pro race with Mike um, Wednesday night had issues, he fell out, didn't finish Thursday night he got turned around halfway through the race going down the backstretch, um, and we weren't racing for points but I needed laps So I did the same thing with him. I I just let him run around the back of the field uh, a half a lap behind them, and he paced the field a tenth better than the leaders. Mm. So I saw it again. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had run enough laps before he got turned to be able to tell me that, like, when he's by himself, the car feels great. When he's in traffic, he can't – it won't turn. Like, it's tight. So that was – eye-opening for me i mean you know what happens right you you see it every sunday they talk about it yeah um but that was the first time it was in my career that it was that evident that clean air was king
0: and and what is attributing that Mm -hmm. like why is that happening now that you're realizing that as opposed to years past
1: um i think it's always happened i think the difference now is that the competition level is so close okay that that's what makes a difference right so years past you could go down to speed weeks um, and there would always be one or two cars that had you know a tenth on the field or two tenths on the field and um you know if they got the luck of the draw or the redraw and started somewhere near the front they would check out well um now it's it's a little harder especially in 35 lap races right when the tires are fresh now the competition is so close and the field is so tight you don't Mm -hmm. see the guy that sat on the pole isn't a tenth and a half better than the guy that qualified second the guy every night that i recall and i could pull up race monitor the guy that sat on the pole was a hundredth better than the guy that was second like it was a 53 to a 54 or a 41 to a 42 so um when the field's that tight something else is going to make the difference okay
0: and so you as a car builder um is there is there ways you can build adjustability into your cars whether from inside or outside to compensate for that so people can make a call and adjustment (coughs) at the track or is that just something they have to deal with
1: um the adjustments in the seat so um you just have to learn how to get air on the front of the car when you're in traffic, meaning you can't follow the guy straight in the corner in front of you, right? You you have to be moved out one direction or the other, peek the left front fender out or peek the right front fender out. Um, but it makes starts and restarts premium because everybody's in dirty air. It's the easiest time to make ground. So, um... I mean, there's stuff you can do body-wise depending on what your rule package is. But for us, I mean, we already maximize all the rules. So Mm -hmm. um, short of being illegal, there's not much more you can do there. It's Mm -hmm. just track position and and how the driver works traffic. Yeah. You could watch, sorry, you could watch. So William Byron ran the 200 lappers for Donnie Wilson. Yep. um, And he won both. And you could watch the difference. Right, like how he positioned. I would stand outside Turn Three and watch, and how he positioned his car when he got the cars. Like um, when he was by himself, the line he would run, and when he was catching somebody, the line he would run were two different
0: lines. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the next question, kind of stemming from that, is the level of competition. Assuming everyone's equipment is picking up and everyone's mm-hmm. learning at a quicker pace and building it into their cars. From a competition standpoint, from a driver standpoint, uh, do you see the um, that level picking up as well, or do you see still some gaps in new guys compared to veterans, or has the as the whole level of competition raised up?
1: Um, certainly, the performance of the race vehicles have picked up, mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm I'm kind of in a bubble in that where where I have spent my last 25 years racing is a pretty high level of short track competition. Yep. Um, and it's been, for the most part, the same players, so we've all gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as drivers go, um, yeah, there's talented ones that come along, but there's no substitute for track time, right? The, mm-hmm. the veterans still have... Yep. Uh, you can get young kids coming in that run fast. Yep. Um, but running fast and racing fast are different, right So the veterans the veterans know how to race and keep the pace up yeah. most of you'll see like most of the young guys they can run fast laps, but when they get in traffic they can't run that fast. That's where they get
0: gapped. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so then going back to being a car builder, when you go to a track, whether it's speed weeks or Hickory, what what are some of the things you are looking at? Uh, to somewhat develop the future and the next iteration of the car and the next iteration of the car? What are some of the key things that, that you watch? Where do you stand? Like, What, what, what does your day look like, assuming you know, you're know you helping to strategize with the car, but what does the rest of your day look like just to um, make you smarter?
1: So it's very easy to study aero platform mm-hmm. um, and make sure we're maximizing that. Uh, from outside of the racetrack, that's easy to see. Um, most of all, it's just, we just look for, I just look for corner speed, like, you know, how, how fast we can roll the corner. Um, aside from that, most of what I try to take away, most of what we try to develop is a better customer service, a uh, better way for customer service. Um, so I, I absorb when I go. I try to absorb all the problems people are having, um, and then see what the common ones are amongst all the customers, and see if there's a way that I can solve that one first mm-hmm. uh, across the board. Because if they're having it, somebody else is having it, and somebody else is having it. Mm-hmm. So um, when we when we purchase Port City, there's 30 plus years of customers and race cars out there that that I've never ever seen in my life. Like, mm-hmm. So, but they still need help, right? They still call for help, right? Um, so, most of my focus, when I'm not there with a particular car to race, most of my focus is different ways that we can provide a better service. Yep.
0: And, um, okay, so now now take your car builder hat off. Um, uh, as far as uh, drivers go, from what you've seen maybe for the past few months, from the Derby to the Speed Week's uh, timeframe, is there a couple people that are piquing your curiosity, regardless of what equipment they're in? That like, wow, these guys, these guys are on it. Um,
1: well, they're you know the same players. Um, I've watched Chandler Smith come in as a young man, mm-hmm. a young kid really, um, and do a lot of late model racing, and, and then do some ARCA racing, and then get in some trucks, and then come back late model racing. So to watch his growth. Um, you know, when he's at the racetrack now, you're going to have to beat him. I mean, he's in good equipment. Yeah. He's in, you know, Donnie Wilson's equipment, and he does a good job with it. And obviously, he won the Derby. Um, but before that, you, you saw it coming. Like, he won some other races, but he ran good everywhere he went. Um, so he's been, he's been, um, he's been kind of fun to watch. Yep. Um, I always knew, um, from racing against him I always knew bubble was a talent obviously yep. um but after wearing the radio during events and listening to him and watching how it plays out uh you didn't I never really fully appreciated the talent he was
0: I remember you told me uh last year you were very impressed <clears throat> on how he managed the race yep. and he managed everything behind him yeah um yep. Uh, that was really interesting to hear because i think a lot of and, you know and like you said without wearing a radio you can't really see and hear all the yeah. stuff that's going on but yeah. um yeah he seemed pretty good at that yeah um okay so then <clears throat> i have more of a professional motorsports background you've been late model racing your whole time uh, almost your whole time on earth here so um i'm interested to get your viewpoints with how the new nascar car is the cup car Do you think that um, a ladder system of what was kind of late models, trucks, Xfinity Cup, do you still think that ladder system plays into effect or do you think late model racing is going to kind of create its new um, independent place in the motorsports world? Um. And the reason I ask that for people that don't know, like the, the new Cup car is basically an IMSA GT3 car. and Yes, they're still racing, mostly ovals, but the car is, is like independent rear suspension, uh, transacts I mean, everything is different. Like there's an underwing on the car. So it just is completely night and day different from a late model to an old cup car to an Xfinity car and a truck.
1: So I, I will, I'll answer the first part first, obviously. So the the new cup car, um I applaud NASCAR because something had to change. They had to do it. They had to do something. I don't know if the car was the answer, but the direction they're trying to head, I think is right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smaller racetracks, more exciting events. Um, With the, I I understand why they went to the charters, Mm -hmm. um, but that really eliminates the ladder system for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, there are, uh, I think five available spots each week for non-charter cars to make the event, and we had some in the Daytona 500. Uh, The problem with that leading up to this year was that the Saturday night guy trying to get a ride can't compete with the Gibbs and the Hendrix technology. Mm -hmm. The intent of the new car is they're all the same parts, Mm -hmm. right? they all come from the same suppliers. But there's still technology there you got to compete against, right? Yep. So what I do with my parts versus what you do with your parts, it's, it's technology. right? Um, so I still see that gap. Although they're trying to close it, I still see the gap. I don't, with the charter system, I don't ever see it getting closed. That being said, I do see, um, I do see the short track industry getting stronger and I have for the last four or five years being in in the business Um, I I see it continually growing more cars in the infield more fans in the grandstands more campers in the parking lot Uh, so there's a lot of good people involved in our industry uh, on the, the manufacturer side on the race team side on the promoter side that that genuinely have the health of our sport in their best interest and are working hard at it and i think over the next four or five years you'll see some really premier short track uh super late model racing yeah um, and and with i attribute that to um live streaming right because it now gives people something to market mm-hmm. and a demographic that they can that they can that's tangible that they can go to people with yep um and and that started when my father in 2015 could watch the snowball derby live in his living room in nova scotia canada yeah that for me that was the beginning yep yeah. And and people are it's starting to go
0: now, right? Yeah, I uh, I really like seeing that. Um, I I think the the next hurdle that has to be cleared, to the next positive hurdle, is I think most of the uh, streaming platforms for live short track racing is still behind a paywall. And I think if you eliminate the paywall and you have some sort of advertising based stream and make it open and and re- reduce the friction to see it. Uh, I think that's going to unlock a, a new group of people to watch that that wouldn't necessarily pay for it, but that but they would you know spend you know sure. an hour or two watching yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. All right, uh, thank you very much. We're going to keep this short because uh, I want to pick your brain throughout the year and keep these podcasts going. Sure. But, uh But thanks for the summary of Speedweeks. Not a problem. Thank you. Yep.